Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Hi, everyone. Welcome. You're Patrick looking Johnson at a big show. sports fan right here. <laughs> yeah, we sure are. He changed the channel, too. I can't. I can't do two hours of this. Too much. Two hours of weather? Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> now, Ben. Welcome in, everybody. Great to have you with us here. Uh, Mike Houston going to join us. Exclusive interview with the coach of the uh, Pirates back this year. Mike Houston's going to be with us. Uh, I was told we back in the back in the bowels of the office today about the big news regarding the pregame show. Big big news. And so I don't. I, I have not got word from the Big Hen and Hank yet if that is for public consumption. But I don't know why it wouldn't be. But I'll wait and see if they reach out to me. Probably listening to Lamprack right now. Uh, <laughs> you got a good impression. Yeah, I do. I love Tom. Okay, uh, so we're going to have Mike Houston in a little bit. Mike Houston also had his press conference today. Uh, we have some select cuts from that we'll get to as time allows today. Of course, we're going to uh, hopefully have a lot of time with Coach here, so we'll be doing that in a little bit. The big news today, though, and I was getting messages and texts and instant messages and direct messages and any kind of message. I was getting smoke signals, uh, carrier pigeon. I was getting this throughout the day today. Did I have any insight into what Governor Roy Cooper, Governor Wimpy, was going to do as far as he and Deputy Sheriff Cohen as far as moving on to phase three? That was the big rumor for today. Uh, And then our friends at Carolina Journal put out an article that said that the governor was likely to allow fans back into Bank of America Stadium. And we put that on our social media. I was not able to read that article as closely as I would have liked to have read it. But then uh, at his 2 o'clock presser today, the governor laid out uh, the plan that venues that seat at least 10,000 people can start to operate October 2nd with fans in the stands, essentially. That includes, obviously, football stadiums. That includes anything that would be like an outdoor concert event. I guess there's uh, amphitheaters, major amphitheaters in Charlotte and Raleigh, so those would count. The Creek in Raleigh would, would count as that beginning October 2nd. And it's still uh, nice. I doubt they're going to be able to book any concerts at the Creek, for example. But uh, maybe. Who knows? Because they do run sometimes into late October because the weather stays so lovely here. Uh, but this is what the governor announced today. Play the long cut, Ben. At the end of next week, the current executive order is set to expire on October the 2nd. Today we are announcing that because of our continued stability, we plan to take another step toward phase three in the coming days if our progress holds. 
That step will mean larger outdoor event venues will be able to open at 7% capacity starting next Friday, October the 2nd. We share this news today, so those outdoor venues with seating capacity of more than 10,000 can begin preparations that are key to safely reopening their doors to have a limited amount of socially distanced fans. We'll continue analyzing our data and indicators as we determine how to move forward safely in other areas that may be included in the new order on October the 2nd. In it, we hope to ease some other restrictions while keeping in place safety protocols like masks and social distancing. Where in blue hell did he get 7%? Texas? I I mean, what a weird number. Well, he's got science and data that we don't have. Political he's, he's science. He's looking at different. I, I, I'll tell you where he's, uh, what, what he's, he's seeing where that race with Dan Forrest is tightening a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. He's in a bad spot. He has painted himself into a real corner here because his wackadoodle base, he can't reopen everything because they'll totally abandon him. But the people that have started now to turn their line of thinking to the GOP ticket, particularly Dan Forrest in that race, he is seeing that because he is he thinks he's Bill Clinton. He does everything by the polls. And obviously that those numbers are tightening and have been for weeks. And the internals are showing that they are tightening and have been for weeks. Play the shorter version of this. The this I mean, so what this means is down the road, obviously not Saturday, but down the road, the Pirates will have 3,500 people in. So 10 times the amount they're going to have at the game this Saturday. I just, I, what a weird number. Play it again, but play the shorter version of it. We plan to take another step toward phase three in the coming days if our progress holds. That step will mean larger outdoor event venues will be able to open at 7% capacity starting next Friday, October the 2nd. It's just such an odd number. Like, governors in other states, you know, competent governors who have reopened their economies and have allowed fans into college football games or will allow them into college football games, to do something like, you know, 10%, 20%, 25%, these seem like reasonable numbers. But, I mean, you had to know he was not going to take this thing all the way to phase three today. He basically... I didn't watch the whole thing. We had those cuts there, and I watched a little bit of it to see what he had announced with, with the cuts. But, but I mean, did, does anybody know, did he get into the when phase three may happen, or did he just totally ignore all that today? He said we're, he kind of talked about how they're slowly easing into it, but never gave us a date. Do we even know when this goes into effect? Yeah. Were you not listening? Oh. oh. He said next Friday, the next, second. Okay. Play it again so you can hear it. All right, all right. I'm For sorry. those of you in the back, listen. We plan to take another step toward phase three in the coming days if our progress holds. That step will mean larger outdoor event venues will be able to open at 7% capacity starting next Friday, October the 2nd. There, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, all right? 3,500 for ECU, and the first opportunity will be, I guess, the Navy game on the 17th. Uh, For state... I had the numbers here. Well, for the Panthers, that's 
to be exact, 55,278 fans is 7%. I mean, what a weird number. Uh, over 4,000 fans at Carter Finley, 3,500 plus at Keenan, uh, 2,800 at Duke. I think for Walnut Creek, uh, they call it Coastal Credit Union Music Park at Walnut Creek now, but the creek, what we call it, right? Uh, 1,442 can go to a concert if they were to have one. I don't think he understands rounding. Like, seven, <laughs> seven per, where does that come from? Well, that's what I'm just trying to figure out. He, I guess he says science and data drove them to the 7% number, but that is such a strange... Well, how come we can't see that, where, where he's getting his numbers well, from? Well, that's, that's, that's the whole point of the entire thing. Yeah. Is it's selective data. When things come out, they will hop from one set of uh, data points to another to create... Uh, what they need to support their narrative. I'm not saying they're lying, but they're probably not giving all the truth is what it seems like. So, But let me ask you this. And I realize it's tens of thousands of seats, but I guess there are smaller amphitheaters, like they're building one in Wilmington. There's one in downtown Raleigh, which uh, you know I think, again, kind of goes into October, will host music because the weather usually is pretty good. You know, Those are maybe six or 7,000. What's the difference... You know, in that, I just don't, I, I don't understand what the difference, if you have thousands of seats, why it's got to be, what's the 10,000 threshold? I'm sure he had pressure put on him by the universities as far as, you know, wanting to get some kind of fans. Because, I mean, you, if you think about it, the NC State uh, Wake game Saturday, uh, I was watching, obviously, Georgia Tech. UCF, a lot of fans in the stands in Atlanta. Marshall on national television playing Appalachian State. So you have all those App State fans that are shut out of their home stadium, but watching Marshall in West by God, Virginia, have fans. You know, we've watched the Cowboys the other day have fans in the stands. We watched um, Marshall in the season opening game. Notre Dame had fans. Notre Dame has had fans. So Duke fans, both of them, got to see that. And they, you know, have, I mean, they're spaced out. Despite all the fret from the, I'll say it, Corona bros and the North Carolina sports media, and by golly, they're all over the place. Despite all of that, uh, they're fretting. If you looked at the aerial shots, they are spaced out. The people are spaced out. They're also putting other things in the stands to make the stands look a little more full. It's it's the old uh, Superdome effect when Tulane would play football there and the, the different colored seats. It, the, the long camera angle made it look like people because they were it wasn't a sea of one color of seats. So I, I it just I think it looks bad that other places in the country are having. I mean, the SEC fires up this weekend. They're talking twenty to twenty five percent capacity at a lot of places. It's going to look bad if all these southern states are having fans in the stands for football and we and, and you have nothing. I mean, the, the, the state game looked awful because there was nobody in the stands. But now you're going to have seven whole percent. What a weird number. And it's, a, it's more of a, a, a guy who is power hungry and a guy that is trying to help uh, get his party elected nationally by stymieing the economy as best he can. 
I mean, I, there was even a question today, I guess, about the gyms. And Cooper's, oh, we, we don't have the data. But if you talk to gym owners, they'll tell you that locally there's no reports of anybody contracting this virus by going to work out in a gym. They've, they've done hundreds of scans, thousands of scans. It's just, it's so. Well, even the governor and his team have admitted that you can't contract the virus through sweat. So, I mean, that's not a big issue when it comes to gyms. Well, you would have, if, if you were contracting it that way, you would have had people get it during these football games. Yeah, the thousands exactly. of high school games that have been played, the college games that have been played, the NFL games that have been played for the last two weeks. So there's your governor. And I'm, I'm far be it for me to tell someone how to vote, but I mean, 7%? When all the metrics and the numbers in North Carolina and nationally are showing that this, I mean, we've, we've bent the curve. It's just more, it's like you said, what, what's the data? It's a different goal every time when this guy talks. It's made up. Well, it's not made up. I, I, I don't believe that. What I believe is they cherry pick what is useful from the data and they're not telling the complete story because the complete story would have the economy and businesses re we wouldn't be in 2.5 or whatever we're in now. You wouldn't have 7% capacity. I'm not saying you'd have a hundred percent. I'm not even saying you'd have 50%, but you can have 20 to 25% in a, in a Dowdy Ficklin stadium Saturday and be fine. I think certainly, I think you will be able to have that many October 17th and be fine, but instead it'll be 3,500. I love sports. You're looking at a big sports fan right there. You're looking at a big sports fan right here. Absolutely. That's convincing. He's so bad when he is not on the prompter. He's just so bad when he's got to think on his feet because he can't. And, you know, they're running the spot right now on one of the local TVs about Dan Forrest's, um, you know, he's having all these events with people. Here's what people are missing in this, and this is the, the thing that kind of snuck up on people and said, the Dan Forrest events are crowded with people, whether they're wearing masks or not. I mean, that, that's kind of in a way you would think a little counterproductive. I mean, they're showing, like, crowds of people at Dan Forrest events, and this guy stands in a stagnant room taking pre-selected calls a couple times a week and announcing ridiculous things like 7% capacity. Wears his mask to the podium, then takes it off. Yeah, so does. what's the point of the mask? Well, you saw the video where where uh, Deputy Sheriff Cohen peeks around to see if the cameras are on, and she sees that they're on, so she puts the – she comes out, holds the mask up like she's removing it from her face, but she – I mean, that it's – So phony. The whole thing is 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 just ridiculous. And I, and I, it's not a it is a real it is a real virus it is a deadly virus for certain people. I I know that and believe that. Uh, so don't say I don't. But just common sense is not at play here with the leader of this state, and it's about you know him being able to choke the economy so it hurts the national number. It's about him being able to have as much power and authority as he can exercise right now. And I, I just, how could someone even dream of voting for this guy in the fall? I don't know. Uh, we're going to get Mike Houston on. Uh, we will be joined by Coach all season long, an exclusive uh, here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3 the game. Coach will join us every Tuesday, and we'll bring you uh, that as part of our Pirate Report when we return on the Patrick Johnson Show. And action! 
Pirates. Ahoy there, Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. Uh, but it's pants. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Tweet at us. <gasps> at 943 The Game. Oh, a friend. At P-Man on air. It's not like a cult, is it? Sound off and tell us what's on your mind. 943 The Game and P-Man on air on Twitter. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 943 The Game and 943TheGame.com. Seventy degrees right now in Greenville. It is just a gorgeous day in Eastern Carolina. I actually, uh, my wife said, "Yeah, it's going to be seventy tomorrow," and I thought, "Oh, it's going to be a little warmish." So I will go sans the jacket. Terrible mistake. I froze all day because I didn't have the jacket when I was out and about. I changed and I put the hoodie on because I was just I was cold. But I I believed her. I didn't check the weather. I just I listened to her. And I should listen to her on everything. I, you know, I, a smart man does that, but not with the weather. Not with the weather. Uh, we're looking at a low tonight of uh, 49. 78 tomorrow for your Wednesday, 76 Thursday. And now they're calling for a 50-50 shot at rain Friday at 75. And uh, even on Saturday, it looks like now there's a 40% chance of rain. Uh, don't have the breakdown as to what part of the day, but I would assume if there's a 50% chance of rain on Friday night, that would be the early part of the day. So it could be a little damp as the Pirates take uh, the field, the Bagwell Field turf at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium against uh, nationally ranked UCF. As we mentioned, 70 at Greenville, we've got a couple of big announcements for you that we'll bring you in just a few minutes. Uh, plus, uh, been with an update in uh, moments. But right now, we begin uh, our series of in-season Tuesday interviews with Coach Houston. He's about to join us on the phone as part of our Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right. Okay, we got uh, got a moment here. Do we need to get a break and uh, sort out what we're doing here? Can we play the pirate report open again? We'll start from the top. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Houston on the phone with us. It's part of today's pirate report. And now Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, ninety-four-three, the game. Pirate football beginning its 2020 campaign on Saturday. UCF coming to town. A lot to talk about with that game and a lot to, to catch up, folks, about what's uh, been going on with uh, ECU's program. Head coach Mike Houston, gracious enough to give us his time on Game Weeks again this year, and we welcome in welcome him into the Patrick Johnson Show. Coach, uh, it's Game Week, and I want to echo what you've been saying all along. There will be football. We're excited about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, it's certainly we've we've been we've been through the kids have been through everybody's been through so much since last March and you know the uh, you know where we're going to have football are we not going to have football and then you know when we get started and and we we get stopped in July and then we start back up and then we get stopped again in August and 
you know, at the, you, you begin to wonder, are you going to make it to game week? But we're here. So, uh, you know, everybody's excited to uh, finally get out on the field this Saturday and play. I know you answered a lot of questions from fans uh, on your radio show last night uh, on uh, social media and here on 94.3 The Game. For, for those that missed it, we got a lot of questions too. Uh, and everybody's real curious about the game day routine, the game week routine. You've got over 50 newcomers. Right. Uh, if you would, take us through kind of the dress rehearsal of last week for this game week and, and what the plan is for this week. Well, you know, our, our practice week uh, on the field is not drastically different than what it has been in the past. It's, it's everything else around that. And so, uh, you know, you, you look at yesterday, which is, you know, our day off, and, uh, you know, the staff and the players spent yesterday morning undergoing the first of three COVID tests that we will have this week. Um, you know, how we meet, uh, you know, how we watch film, how we do all that stuff is, you know, we have the, the protocols in place with, with uh, spacing and wearing a mask. And so I do think, you know, you've, you're, you're challenged to still have that very, uh, you know, intimate setting where there's a lot of connectivity between the coaching staff and the players in those meetings and, and the players with each other and the camaraderie uh, because so much is, is generated during that time. Uh, you know, we're still functioning out of five different locker rooms uh, throughout the week uh, to, you know, ensure, um, you know, adequate spacing uh, in the locker room area. And so as we get closer to Game day, obviously, we've got to clear out of the visitors' locker room. UCF will be using that this weekend. Uh, the cleaning crews will have to get in there on Thursday and, and thoroughly clean that area to ensure that it's prepared for UCF to occupy this weekend. Uh, and so then, you know, you have you have some shuffling around there with some stuff and, and moving guys around and, and finding places for them to function Thursday, Friday, into, into Saturday. Um, you know, it, You'll have a second COVID test on Wednesday morning. You'll have a third COVID test on Friday morning. Uh, and so you got to make it through those two successfully in order to get to, you know, our team meeting Friday afternoon. Uh, and then, you know, the routine, we try to keep it as, as similar to what it has been in the past, but still, you know, protocols with, you know, we'll go, we'll practice Friday afternoon. Uh, but then, you know, our, our, our team meal Friday night, we're two to a table. Uh, and we do have a few tables where you've got guys that have already tested positive for the virus and recovered, you know, where we may have four or five at one of those tables. Uh, we've had to been very, we had to be very conscientious about who we room together, uh, ensuring that we protect those that have not had the virus yet. Uh, and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, ensure anybody that had the virus over 90 days ago that we treat them as if they've never had it. Um, and then you make it to game day and just, you know, there's going to be no pirate walk. Uh, there's no fans here when we get here. Uh, you know, you're going to you're going to take the field with an empty stadium, uh, and uh, you know you're going to uh, you're going to play without a crowd, without 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 pirate nation, without our fan base behind us. So uh, there's just so much that is going to be so different for everybody. Um, you know, the, the freshmen and they they've never experienced game day on in Daddy Ficklin Stadium. So, you know, they don't know what they're going to be missing with the crowd not there. But the, certainly the returners, uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be drastically different than what it was a year ago. ECU head football coach Mike Houston entering his uh, second year Pirate football noon 
against UCF at Dowdy Ficklin on Saturday. Our game day coverage here on 94.3. The game begins at 9 a.m. Terrence Copper and myself with our uh, Pirate game day countdown. These testing protocols uh, that you, you talked about there, and it seems like they have gotten a little more sophisticated and quicker with the turnaround time. That third Friday test, if I'm not mistaken, Coach, is a little different than the first two tests you take during the week. Could you elaborate on that? Well, the, you know, the first two, um, you know, the one yesterday and the one Wednesday uh, are, you know, it's, it's, it's a little, a, a lot more accurate as far as, um, you know, it, it, it's 99%, uh, you know, it's going to tell you, you know, correct, uh, you know, with just that test. But it does take, you know, I just got my results back, you know, minutes ago uh, from my test yesterday. I was negative again. You know, just so, uh, just, uh, just to reassure everybody, right. but, uh, yeah. you know, the one, the one Friday morning is a rapid response. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, the results are almost instantaneous. Um, it, uh, you know, from what the doctors have told me, it is, it is, is virtually a hundred percent, um, accurate mm-hmm. with a positive feedback. In other words, if it comes back positive, then, you know, the, the student athlete or the coach is definitely positive. It is, you know, not quite as accurate as the one on Monday and Wednesday uh, with a negative response. So there could be a small, uh, you know, slight possibility that uh, somebody gets a negative result and they could still have the virus, but it's just not built up enough in their system. But uh, the doctors feel like with, you know, the precautions we're taking and having, you know, multiple tests throughout the week uh, that, uh, you know, you're, 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 to, a, to as, as much as you can, guaranteeing that the two teams on Saturday, you're not going to have somebody that uh, is COVID positive uh, on the field uh, within the bubble. I, I got one more sort of game day COVID-related question we're getting a lot of, and that is the communications uh, and, and the way the coaches will be sort of spread out upstairs. I guess other than maybe utilizing more booths, that – line of communication really doesn't change a lot in these protocols no i mean it's the you know the systems that uh, all the teams have you know you're, you're tied to one central room uh so you know our coaches will you know be be spaced out as much as they can based on the space available uh we are fortunate that with the coaches booths here at daddy ficklin are uh, very spacious because of the renovation uh, i think we'll you'll have, you'll have some challenges on the road mm-hmm. uh and then on the sideline you know, we'll be spaced out on the sideline as, as best as possible. Um, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll all have a mask on, coaching staff. Um, you know, there'll be times when I may have to, you know, pull my mask down for one reason or another. But, <laughs> right. you know, it's, uh, you know, it's in, in that, that'll be purely for communication with somebody on the field. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll, tr- we'll try to be diligent with the way we conduct ourselves on the sideline and protect everybody as much as possible. We've got Coach Mike Houston joining us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. You mentioned uh, – you know, the, the, having to wear the mask and being able to communicate, that does uh, sort of uh, remind me, and you've, you have addressed this, uh, and that is the officials this year with the electronic whistle. It's a handheld whistle. Yeah. Uh, and, boy, that's going to really – You can't hear it. it. It's hard to hear. And, you know, you play yeah. through the whistle, but you have guys pressing right. that button up from all over the field. And if, you, if you're an official, you don't want an errant whistle. So, I mean, this, this to me right. – uh, has made for some interesting moments, and I'm sure will make for some interesting moments Saturday. Well, I mean, I, we've experienced it in our scrimmages, uh, and I think that uh, it's just adding, 
it's adding more to the officiating crews uh, because one singular whistle may or may not be able to be heard all over the field, especially during during the play. Uh, and so, you know, they're trying to echo the whistle, but you, you know, you run the risk of an inadvertent whistle with that. And so, uh, you know, the officials are really having to be, you know, on it uh, even more so than normal uh, when it comes to officiating the game. Coach, how is, uh, and I know certain things you can and can't say, but how is the health of, of your program, uh, COVID or otherwise, going into this game week? Well, I mean, uh, you know, we'll have a handful of guys out. Uh, we'll, have, uh, we'll have a couple out uh, COVID-related. Uh, you know, right now at this moment when you're talking to me, I've got one active uh, case mm-hmm. uh, still, but you have several that are in return to play. Uh, but, you know, you still have to go through two more tests this week. So this is going to be one of those years where, you know, you really can't have an accurate injury report until uh, probably Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all starts up front with the offensive line, but you have Holton Aylers, who has uh, been sensational uh, by all accounts here in the preseason. It seemed like the offense and Holton really in the second half of the game in Orlando last year got cranked up, and from that point on were sensational. Holton Aylers has had a fantastic uh, preseason uh, lead up to the season opener, as as I mentioned, not only with what he can do, but I mean, I think as a leader, you, you've spoke about that he has really blossomed and emerged as well. Well, I think Holton's more com- comfortable this year than he was last year. <clears throat> I think certainly he has, um, you know, confidence coming out of last season's performance. Uh, in the second half of the season last year, he played very well. Um, you know, and he's, you know, he's, he's just a lot more, uh, you know, suited, uh, you know, feels, you know, better, uh, you know, with understanding everything within Coach Kirkpatrick's offense. And I think that there's more depth uh, to what, uh, you know, he's doing right now. Um, you know, it's still, you got to go out there and play. And so, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you hope for more consistency week in and week out and throughout the game. Uh, with a year under his belt, uh, because certainly when he's playing at a high level, you know I think we got a chance to play at a pretty high level offensively. He has, as far as his receiving core, uh, some some very dynamic players to to throw the football to. C.J. Johnson and uh, Holton in the uh, scrimmages have been a, a sensational connection. Uh, Tyler Sneed has been giving the defense uh, during the uh, practices and and uh, scrimmages fits. Uh, Audio Automosho uh, is, is someone that has, uh, according to Coach Kirkpatrick, we talked to him last week, uh, come back with great purpose, has come back in great shape. He's not banged up like he was last year. So uh, the receiving core, I'm sure you're very confident in where they are right now. Well, I mean, I like, I like our personnel in there. You know, certainly CJ and Tyler and Blake, uh, you know, those three, uh, all three have very solid years last year. And and you know when those three are playing well, uh, you know they're they're a good matchup against most of this league. And you know Audie has worked as hard as anybody in the off season, and uh, you know I'm, I'm just really excited for him. Uh, I just think he's matured a lot. I feel like he's really at a good place. Um, you know you'd like to yeah, he has a lot of confidence right now, but I know I'd like to see him go out and you know, have a really a, a solid start to the year because I think if he gets a little confidence going then all of a sudden we have a fourth solid thread at the wide receiver position. Running the ball is uh, something that Mike Houston teams certainly want to do, uh, and uh, productivity in running the football, I think, is is the message uh, this year offensively, uh, Coach. Right. And, and Chase Hayden, 
Uh, the transfer has had his uh, – really all the running backs have had their moments. Uh, Darius Penix has come back in a little bit uh, better shape following his injury and, and uh, apparently uh, has worked on, you know, being a, more of a target maybe out of the backfield. Uh, let's discuss the running back room, which I know you and Coach Kirkpatrick are, are really enthusiastic about. Well, you know, we, get, we have a lot more depth. Uh, you know, number one, I think that uh, the talent in that room is upgraded uh, significantly. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Darius, uh, I think it's all the competition has brought out, um, you know, more in Darius. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's had a solid preseason. Um, you know, Chase uh, has, um, you know, Chase has come in and he's brought competition, but also Chase has been challenged by the competition. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, uh, that's something that he's had to respond to. And, uh, and certainly, it's, I think, probably brought out more in him and pushed him hard. Uh, during the preseason camp, and you know our two freshmen, uh, Rajay Harris and Keaton Mitchell, uh, have really been uh, you know, probably uh, certainly we knew that they were highly talented, but I think both of them have come in probably more ready to play than what you typically see in a freshman. The fact that you don't have to you know put the entire weight of the world on their back uh, like we had to Demetrius Mooney last mm-hmm. year is going to allow them to uh, you know to develop and come along and play. Uh, you know, however much they're ready uh, to play here early in the year. Uh, Demetrius uh, has battled some injuries, but uh, is back pretty healthy right now. And so you look up and what, you know, last year was really probably a a weakness uh, for us offensively because, you know, we lost Darius for the bulk of the year uh, and you had just very little returning experience and depth in that room. Uh, you look at it right now, and, you know, I would say that's one of the strengths of our offense. We've got Coach Mike Houston on the line with us here. We appreciate his time. Game week, the Pirates and UCF coming up. Uh, defensively, Blake Carroll, now the defensive coordinator. I asked you a while back about the defense. Is it a case of the, the personnel is upgraded? Does the personnel fit the scheme? The scheme fits the personnel? You you answered both uh, during that uh, uh, particular question a while back. Uh, but as we've gone through the preseason here, uh, defensively, what can people expect for, from maybe a new-look Pirate defense in 2020? Well, I think, number one, you're going to see a lot of people play. Uh, we have a lot of new faces on that side. Uh, we brought in a lot of kids, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the football. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of people in and out of the ball game. Uh, hopefully we have the opportunity to rotate a lot Saturday. That's one thing UCF is going to try to keep us from doing. Uh, with the tempo of their offense, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, we're prepared to play a lot of people. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a group that has – we have a lot more speed and athleticism than what we had a year ago. Uh, now some of that speed and athleticism uh, are playing in their first college football game ever, and they're 18 years old. So, uh, you know, you're going to have a little bit of a learning curve there and an adjustment uh, to the speed of the game uh, from those kids, but, uh, you know, certainly the ability in the room is, is closer to what we want. Um, you know, you're going to see a very aggressive style. Uh, you're going to see a lot of diversity, uh, within what we, uh, what we play down in and down out. Uh, and I think you're going to see in, in hopefully Saturday, but definitely in time, you know, a really exciting style of defense, uh, being played by the pirates. UCF, Dylan Gabriel uh, coming off kind of a player of the week honor uh, for him. Trey Nixon is stepping up as a receiver for them this year. They can certainly run the football. You mentioned the tempo that they want to employ. Uh, UCF is a more than just a tough putt. I mean, this is a formidable uh, program. 
and as you've game planned for that offense this week, uh, I guess working on being able to get the players in and out, as you say, is, is, is as much a part of this as, as anything. Well, I mean, it, you're playing one of the top teams in the country. I mean, uh, you know, you took they took a Georgia Tech team that, you know, beat Florida State at Florida State the week before. Uh, Georgia Tech team has vastly improved over last year uh, and really just kind of had their way with them. Uh, 660 yards total offense, uh, 49 points. Um, and, you know, you saw, you know, the Tech defense just struggle to get lined up. And so uh, certainly it's going to be a challenge uh, for us this week. Uh, I think it's, you know, it helps our, our, you know, some of our new coaches to better understand uh, exactly what UCF is by watching that game Saturday. We've watched it multiple times, and, you know, just, just seeing the things that, uh, you know, that Georgia Tech really struggled with. Uh, you know, they got caught a couple of times uh, with 12, 13 people on the mm-hmm. field uh, trying to substitute. And so, uh, you know, we're going to do everything we can this week to prepare our players uh, to be, you know, to be better suited to not put ourselves in those, those situations this Saturday. So, uh, you know, we do have the advantage of, you know, our offense can play at a pretty quick tempo. So, you know, we've got a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of periods each day against our offense where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, challenging our defense with uh, what I'm asking Coach Kirkpatrick to do. And, uh, you know, he can, he can kind of fit it to what they're wanting to do offensively and also trying to give us, a, you know, at least a, a similar look to what UCF is going to give us uh, on Saturday. So, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a great challenge for us in this opening game. Uh, you know, you're playing probably the best team that you want to see all year, uh, out of the gate. Uh, but it's also a great opportunity for us. Coach, you, uh, you've been around a lot of, of very talented football players, uh, coached against a lot of talented rosters also have had some very, uh, talented rosters, but just, just watching UCF the other day, that was a, uh, I was just struck by the amount of athletes they have in the trenches, both sides, but also in the secondary. I mean, this is a very athletically gifted football team. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a program that, um, you know, for, for many years now, and the AAC has been, you know, the team. Uh, and, you know, there's no doubt they have, uh, you know, the, 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 the best pure talent uh, of, any, of any team in the league and, and at every level, as you said, up front, at the second level, uh, on the back end, you know, they've got, uh, long athletic guys that can run, uh, you know, it's, so it's, uh, you know, it's a great challenge for us, but a great opportunity for us. Coach, what are the points of emphasis, the keys, however you want to phrase it, or maybe some of the messages for your football program this week, going into the game that you'll be preaching all week? You know, the, the big thing with our kids is, you know, they're excited to play and, uh, you know, I want them to go out there and, and, and shoot our shot, you know, go right at them. You know, we're going to be extremely aggressive. Uh, I want our kids to play extremely aggressive. Uh, you know, you look at the, at the game last week with Georgia Tech and, uh, you know, Tech turned it over five times mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and got a kick blocked. So uh, you just, uh, you can't do that. Uh, you can't give them extra possessions. Uh, they also had an onside kick that failed. So, you know, you, you look when you, when you give UCF that many extra possessions, it's, it's very, very difficult to be competitive. Uh, so we've got to make great decisions, uh, have great ball security, uh, very solid on special teams, and, and really try to try to limit the possessions we give UCF and try to put them in as, 
as poor a field position as possible uh, via our, our, our special teams play. Um, I think we've got to be able to handle their tempo uh, defensively. And by handle it, I mean, you know, you saw so many times Tech couldn't get set last week. You know, guys didn't didn't know the call, didn't know the defense, uh, you know, struggled to, to be on the same page. And so, if, you know, if we can – if we can, if we can avoid that, you know, just trying to, you know, get the call, get lined up, everybody be on the same page, playing the same defense each snap, you know, uh, try to substitute uh, as much as we can, keep fresh guys in there, and just, you know, c- try to try to minimize uh, the impact of that tempo uh, on how we play, you know, and uh, and then I think it's going to be, you know, which team can uh, make the most of explosive plays and which team can limit explosive plays from the offense. Uh, you know, I think we've got a chance to be pretty dynamic on offense. Uh, so if we can, if we can, uh, you know, take advantage of that and, and have a really solid day there, uh, at the same time, you know, make UCF drive the football, uh, you know, anytime that they uh, have an opportunity to score. So, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a great matchup. It's going to be an exciting day. Uh, the kids will be ready to play and, uh, you know, just can't wait to get out there and see what, uh, see what the new Pirates, uh, you know, have in store. We're all excited that Pirate football uh, is back. It's game week, UCF, ECU, the season opener, Dowdy Ficklin on Saturday. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Good luck this week. Sure thing. Thanks a lot. Go Pirates. There he is, Mike Houston, part of our exclusive weekly game week interview we'll have with Coach every Tuesday right here on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Uh, we've got some big things to tell you about, but Ben Byram is standing by. There is a, I guess we call it a postponement or cancellation, however, a postponement uh, in college football. This was just announced moments ago. So with an update on what's going on with the world of sports and that breaking story, here's Ben Byram. Hey, man. Ben Byram here for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. Breaking news is the North Carolina team has had one of their games postponed. Due to positive COVID tests, Wake Forest's matchup against Notre Dame has been postponed after the Fighting Irish paused all athletic activities due to positive tests. University announced out of 94 tests, seven athletes have tested positive. Governor Roy Cooper announced moments ago that 7% capacity would be allowed at venues that have a seating capacity of 10,000 or more, meaning that Dowdy Ficklin Stadium moving forward can have a capacity of a little over 3,500 fans. Here's Cooper with the official announcement. We plan to take another step toward phase three in the coming days if our progress holds. That step will mean larger outdoor event venues will be able to open at 7% capacity starting next Friday, October the 2nd. From Pirate Football, ECU football coach Mike Houston addressed the media this morning discussing the Pirates' upcoming matchup against 13th-ranked UCF at home. One of the biggest questions coming to this game is the Pirates' depth on the defensive line. Here's Mike Houston addressing that. I mean, I think, I think the kids are just, you know, they're ready to go out there and play. Uh, and, you know, unlike uh, last year, uh, you know, we have put an emphasis on building some depth there on that defensive front. So we've had great competition throughout preseason camp. Uh, you know, we're going to play, you know, we'll play a lot of kids on Saturday. And so they're just ready to go compete. Elsewhere in college football from the American Conference, Cincinnati receiver Alec Pierce has been ruled out several weeks of a knee injury. Pierce led the team in receiving yards last year. It'll be a huge loss for their upcoming matchup against 22nd ranked Army. From the NFL, ECU alum Say Jones got a crucial touchdown last night. 
as the undefeated Raiders get a big win over New Orleans. Our Raiders star lineman Richie Incognito aggravates his Achilles and is expected to miss a few weeks. Washington football team star lineman Brandon Scherf is expected to miss several weeks with a knee injury and has been placed on IR. And the Colts have put key starters Paris Campbell and Malik Hooker on injured reserve. Breaking news from the Giants, they found a running back to replace Saquon Barkley following the star running back's ACL tear. The Giants are expected to sign former 1,000-yard rusher and Atlanta Falcon Devontae Freeman to the squad. And from NASCAR, Michael Jordan has officially become a team owner, forming a partnership with Denny Hamlin. Jordan will be the first African-American team owner in the sport and will have Bubba Wallace as their only driver. If you're a 94 the Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Barman. When we return, we have a big announcement regarding the pregame show for ECU football after this quick timeout. Online or on the go. Love it. Log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. News is popping right now. Deets on the game in just a moment. Tomorrow, we're going to be at Sawyer's Fun Park. We were going to go last week, but we had a logistical issue. So we're going to go out there, do the show tomorrow. TJ Sawyer asked us to. We want to accommodate who's been a a great supporter of our company and uh, a great supporter of the community. And I think it's a fitting venue to go to tomorrow because we're going to have Trent McGee on sports with us. Big E, Eric Graham, they're going to host the No Quarter Post Game Show. And Terrence Copper. We're waiting for final confirmation for Copper. Copper's got people, you know. So Copper will be there. So we'll kind of run through all of our game day activities with that guy group of guys. We'll talk to them. And we have an announcement. You know, for over 30 years... We've had the Pirate Game Day countdown here. It's won numerous awards, the fastest two hours in radio. Uh, It was started by Henry Hinton. I believe Steve Gowan was involved in those initial years. Other people were. And I'm very fortunate to have been able to have posted this for, you know, maybe half the time it's been on the air. And have enjoyed it immensely over the years. Even when I wasn't directly working here, would still come and and do the show because I've always enjoyed the pregame. And uh, we are announcing our sponsor for the season right now. Pirate Game Day Countdown begins Saturday at 9 a.m. And it is driven by Doug Henry Automotive. Ah, I I see what you did there. Driven by. I got my Doug Henry. Awesome. We got our Doug Henry on the pregame. So we appreciate Mr. Doug Henry and the Doug Henry Automotive Group. Doug Henry Automotive for uh, driving our coverage this year of – ECU football in the pregame. Ben, we got breaking Twitter news. Can you surmise this quickly? Uh, basically, Christine Golick, Mike Golick's wife, confirmed that for those asking, UCF East Carolina will be on ABC instead this weekend. Mike Golick will be on the call. So Golick will be the analyst. I guess he was going to do Notre Dame Wake. Notre Dame Wake. That's which out has the been window. Postponed because of the Wake COVID deal. Yep. So ECU UCF is so taking ECU over. So ECU gets on ABC. Yep. Let's retweet that on the social media, Ben, and put it on Facebook yeah, as well. No doubt. At least, and, and cite what she is saying. Now, that's 
not ESPN saying that to our knowledge, but that's Mike Golick's wife. Well, Mike Golick just confirmed there down there in the comments. Oh, did so, he? Yeah. Okay. Well, Mike Golick's saying that's where I'm going to be, baby. You know what your goal is now? What's that? You got to get Golick on the show Friday. Let's do it. I, I think I can pull it off. Can you work on this? Yeah, I think so. You've tried to get us some big names before. Hey, they have come through. I got a lot of confidence, though, every time. Well, uh, you rare, rarely right, but never in doubt, young Ben Byram. Uh, thanks to Ben today. Thanks to Coach Houston for being on. He was great, wasn't he? Looking forward to having uh, Coach on all season. And uh, also to the ref, intern Philip with us. Thanks to him. Great job. Tomorrow at the Sawyer's Fun Park with T-Cop, Big E, and McGee on sports. We'll see you then.